1: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello,
2: happy Friday, and welcome to the last Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast of the week. Oh, but it's called Daily. Why is it every day? That's a very good question. I can't answer that. We begin the podcast with your calls to my show. That's Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday, from 10pm and obviously it wasn't a good show for me last night being a Manchester United fan I had to sit through felt like about 10 hours worth of Liverpool fans phoning up having of course become champions of the Premier League for the first time in their history oh no we've won the league before yeah not the Premier League first time in your history anyway ah, this is what happened on last night's show Chelsea 1-2-1 and after 11,016 days, 1,151 matches and 29 long seasons, Liverpool are the Premier League champions, champions of England again, Premier League champions for the first time and Chelsea have done them a favor tonight by beating Manchester City and giving Liverpool the title. Celebrations up on Merseyside, Chelsea win the game
3: Liverpool win the title. I'm 39 now, so can you imagine the pain I've it through? Can you imagine how that feels? You know, I'm going to try and stay calm, but boy, it's so emotional. I'm just
4: so happy. I'm in tears. We're the best team in the world. It's the relief that this feels it, it's uh, it's indescribable loophole fans have had to suffer and that's what it is we've had to suffer so much more than probably any other fans the overwhelming feeling of relief and happiness and just being able to savor the
5: moment and ring the family and you know go through all the emotions like that it's been really really nice i was 10 when we last won it um so many false thorns i just feel elated and just kind of like alive again you know what I mean just like normal again mm. Champion, it's
3: champion it's... people think Liverpool fans overstate our greatness we don't we understate our own greatness and that's what you've got to realise we're back now and we're coming for number 20 mark my words Jurgen Klopp he might be the son of God I mean I just I can't <laughs> praise the man enough mate let's speak
2: to a former Liverpool player who was in the last Liverpool side to win the title way back in 1990 Gary Gillespie
3: had anybody asked us 30 years ago would it be that long to Liverpool actually Won uh, another league title. I think we would have said, like, you're, you're, you're backing up the wrong tree, but it's been fantastic. They've come close a couple of times, but this squad and this manager, over the last couple of years especially, have thoroughly deserved this. And I think the, the stats speak for themselves. There's been a phenomenal achievement from, from everybody involved in the football club, and it's, let's hope this is like the start of something that's going to be big as what it was in the 70s and 80s when when i was playing
5: good evening andy yeah it's quite incredible down here i arrived maybe 10 minutes before the game had finished and there were a handful of people here and then within half an hour the place is just swell full of Liverpool fans. There have been flares going off, fireworks. You can smell the flares in the air. There have been that many. There are flags everywhere. If I look in front of me, there's a car that says Liverpool FC champions of the world and also Premier League champions 2020. That first crown in 30 years. And these Liverpool fans after so long waiting, they just felt like they had to be down here tonight. Oh,
2: and look who's turned up to have a chat with us. My friend from round the corner, the wonderful Ray Howen. Jürgen clock when he first came to Liverpool five years ago, and he said he was going to win the title. And I think a lot of people looked at him and thought, mm, really? You know, that's a bold statement to come out with when you come to the club. But how true he's been. And the players that he have learnt along the way from, you know, the losses in the uh, Europa League final, the loss in the League Cup final... The the loss to Real Madrid two or three seasons ago in the Champions League final, they learned about that and said, right, Mm -hmm. we don't like that. How do we go about winning? I think last season winning the Champions League uh, against Tottenham was huge and it came into this season and they were just really, the trade I thought was all about winning the league and the performance level virtually every week. And we've seen it the other evening when they won comfortably enough against Palace Four ah, nil. It could have been anything. They were mm-hmm. that good, that dominant, and it just shows you what their attitude's been like for the majority of the season. When you walk
6: through a storm. Back hills, beautiful. Onto Salah,
1: racing past the Newcastle defence. finds the perfect finish. It's an absolutely wonderful
5: Liverpool goal. I think the job Jurgen's done there has been incredible. Um, it's so exciting to watch, the, you know, the mentality of the group. Firmino picking out Mane inside the penalty area, he slides it into the back of the net and Liverpool have taken a vice-like
1: grip on this game. We
3: have to write our own history and that means we have to play the, the games
5: our way.
1: Salah's going to backheel it for Alexander-Arnold oh. to strike it! Oh, and how he strikes it! Wonderful goal!
6: We're leave a lasting legacy, hopefully, at the club that he was one of the best managers
1: Alexander Arnold, Firmino one touch to control one touch to finish it high into the roof of the net
4: that's what you you dedicate your life for you know
1: to win trophies to be successful and this team works so hard to do that Firmino inside the area pulling it back Henderson makes it three he's
6: so charismatic he's so funny he's so charming he's you know what I mean and he's tactically he's absolutely brilliant
1: and have the lead, Jorginho Vinaldum with an outstanding finish. He has
5: them going out in every game and playing with determination and passion and paying respect to all the opposition.
1: And Liverpool are over the hills and far away.
7: Support us from home, we are still with you and you'll never walk alone.
1: Jurgen Klopp promised on his arrival in 2015 that he would deliver the title and he has been true to his word. Congratulations to Liverpool. Finally, they are the champions of England again.
2: Time now to check in with the breakfast show, Alan Brazil, Ali McCoist and Jamie O'Hara. They had Dwight York on their show, and here he is talking about Manchester United's form since lockdown and who might improve the squad.
4: It's An exciting time. We haven't had, you know, that midfield core where we pretty much dominate in the past. You look at the history throughout the United, you know, midfield era, the the and the Skulls and the Carrick and those type of guys who's the forefront of the midfield to supply the attackers those kind of, you know, um, cutting-edge and passes and stuff into the forward players, And now when you've got the likes of Pogba coming back, we are showing that he's a sublime player, player with immense talent. And again, he's another one coming through. The boy has talent. We just want to see it on the pitch on a regular basis. We've seen glimpses glimpse of it, obviously, against Tottenham when he came on and the trick that he's created, the goal and the, the wonderful pass for, for, for Rashford as well. You know, the boy, Bruno, He's coming and hit the ground running. Uh, yeah. Again, we wasn't quite sure what he was going to bring to the table and United needed that and they certainly got that in him. He looks like the kind of post scores kind of player who looks forward, gets in the box, score goals, create goals. And that's something that United has been lacking in recent times. We've got a lot of pace going forward, which again, something has been missing from the United department for the last couple of years. Now that we got that in abundance, I feel that we're in a very good Place to really start challenging yeah. and, and sort of an exciting times for the United team.
5: In terms of Man United, if they do potentially get Champions League or if they don't, what do you think they need to do to improve that team in the summer? Do you think they need to sign a number nine like Harry Kane?
4: Well, listen, I mean, United is always linked with um, with quality players. Harry Kane is obviously at the top of the tree in terms of a, a number nine. What we have seen, you know, that United are, are obviously invested in a, a lot of young players and, and still... You know, the number nine position is a, a tricky position to play. You, you ask Ali, it, it's a specialist position, you know. Um, so to have someone like Harry Kane on your book and if he was to join our football club, that could only be a plus in our mind because he's a terrific goal scorer. He brings people into play. He's kind of the complete number nine that you're looking for yeah. at this point in time. So, yeah, of course, that would be a huge plus for our football club if we can get him, if he's available. But for now, we as a club, the players that we have at our disposal, I feel there is a lot of talent within that, that young squad. They just need game time. And to be a number nine as well, Ali, again, will will we'll vouch for that. It's a specialist position. You need to play the week in, week out. The best goal scorers in, in the history of the Premier League, Alan Sheriff, for instance, he only played one position. He's not interested in anywhere else. So, you know, and the likes of Robbie Fowler and Andy Cole, those guys only play one position, and that's why they're at the top of the tree in goal scoring.
2: Now the weatherman, John Ketley, joined H and J during the heatwave to discuss his beloved Burnley. You sure you got that right? They had a weatherman on the show. Yeah, they had a weatherman on the show.
8: Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Andy. We're all talking about the weather, not football. Has it started again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, I didn't yet. Yeah. <laughs> and like all Burnley
6: fans, John, you've been reading yeah. between the lines, you've looked at what some of the stuff that Sean has said about the board and his frustrations with uh, the players not signing new contracts and yeah. the paucity of the squad maybe when that happens. And you must be slightly alarmed as someone who's a fan of
8: his well, yes, because he's been great for Burnley, absolutely fantastic, and I don't think he's on the way out the door yet. I think we have a long way to go still, but it is disappointing. That they've taken three months off without a game of football, and, and now we've come back to play, and we haven't sorted out these contracts and everything else. I think it's uh, very disappointing that. I mean, it was hopeless the night, wasn't it? 5-0, another 5-0 at, uh, at, at the head he had, and that was, uh, that was shocking, really. But Sean is an honest man, and that's the main thing, isn't it? He's an honest man, they're, they're a good board, It's a fantastic club. Uh, It's been at the root of my interest ever since I was a baby. And uh, I think it'll all be sorted out amicably in the end. That's the main thing.
6: Hmm. What's likely to happen to the weather over the next
8: few weeks? Yeah, we're not used to playing football in this sort of condition. I mean, at the moment, as far as you can see, to the end of uh, the football season, it's going to be very mixed. There will be bands of rain coming through. And it'll be much cooler as well. I think if you're looking at temperatures typically 19 to 24 Uh, across all football grounds for the rest of the season. That'll be much more pleasant for playing in, I can say. Uh, But there will be some rain around as well. So um, I think everybody would be happy with that unless you're trying to get on the beach.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time
2: Now, would you believe it? We've got 11 live commentaries this weekend across the TalkSport network, including the return of the FA Cup. And of course, if you're Jason Cunning, you need to count to 11. You're going to have to take at least one of your shoes off.
1: With both the Premier League and the EFL back underway, this weekend marks the return of the FA Cup at the quarter-finals stage. Norwich welcomed Manchester United to Carrow Road after Daniel Farker's side saw off Spurs in the last round, going through on penalties after some Tim Crawl heroics. This to stay in the FA Cup. Jetson runs up to the ball, stops, slides it forward. It's a terrible penalty and Tottenham are out of the FA Cup. With one of the worst penalties of the night, Norwich run into their half of the field and celebrate. They've knocked out Tottenham Hotspur. Can the Canaries pull off another FA Cup upset? There are three games on Sunday, with the first coming at Bramall Lane as Sheffield United take on Arsenal. Chris Wilder might not have had silverware on his mind at the start of the season, but should Sheffield United get past Arsenal to reach the semi final, they'd surely begin to dream. Fans' favourite Billy Sharp played a big part in helping the Blades get this far.
6: Doing
8: well, here, Luke Freeman, and there's Billy
6: Sharp!
1: Like Sheffield United, Leicester City have only faced lower league opposition on their way to the last eight, so fellow top four rivals Chelsea will be their biggest challenge to date. Frank Lampard's side knocked out Liverpool in the last round with a fine performance. Flop is stopped. Chelsea reached the quarterfinals of the FA Cup for 11th time in 15 seasons. And it is a win that will give Frank Lampard real hope of winning silverware in his first season as Chelsea boss. Newcastle haven't won a major trophy in over 50 years and they'll have to get past the current holders in Manchester City to have any hope of ending that drought. They too are yet to face Premier League opposition just squeezing past West Brom to book a place in the last eight. It's a Maximan, back for Lazaro, 3-0. Manchester
2: United playing Norwich in the first of the quarterfinals on Saturday evening. Club legend Mark Hughes thinks they'll only get better under Oli Ganasalciara, and Sparky was speaking with Jim White and Natalie Sawyer.
3: You sensed even before the break, before the lockdown, that uh, they were getting back to something like the the level you expected of a Manchester United team. And uh, the more time... This group of players has together. I think they'll grow and continue in, in the same vein. I think their progress that they've shown won't will, will continue. I think um, people are quite excited by what they're seeing from United at the moment.
8: Marks, the first time we've seen Bruno Fernandes start with Pogba, again, th- this must uh, really get United fans thinking, yeah, if this gets going, we really can benefit.
3: Yeah, I thought it looked really solid. And, and obviously with Matic as well, in and around there, and in a deeper area more more often than not. I think that allows Pogba, that insurance, just to get involved further up the field as well. Obviously, the lad Fernandez has come in, and uh, I don't think he's been beaten in a red shirt yet, so he's had a huge impression. And uh, There's always that question when you bring players to United, can they cope with the weight of the shirt? But uh, ever since he's walked through the door, he looks like a complete Man United player, so uh, United fans are going to enjoy his performances in in the coming years, I'm sure. Pogba looks like he's got his enthusiasm back, looks like he wants to be part of it. And that midfield three, if they keep them together, looks very impressive.
2: Time to check in now with Adrian Durham and Goffey on Drive. And Goffey's talking about the return of cricket and how he can't see how recreational cricket can return at the moment.
6: The reason international cricket Cricket is going on. We've seen the testing England have gone through. They've made over 700 tests so far, not one positive, which is brilliant news, by the way, Uh, for everybody that's going to be involved in this test series. That's not including Pakistan, by the way, who've had 10 people positive. That's totally different. They've not set off yet. But everything around the England setup, uh, these arenas, they've got uh, Old Trafford and the Rose Bowl, everything has been A1. We can't do that in club cricket. We know that. You've seen what it's like at the beach we can't say to people anymore, Well, let's just trust people to go and do it you can't you can't I think all that surprised me is but all these the pubs opening and all this other stuff opening yeah cricket I think that's what annoys a lot of people but cricket can't go ahead when you've got batsmen at the opposite end you've got a bowler bowling and everybody's spread out on the field there is a metre between the slips and the wicket keeper but I think it all comes down the reason they're doing it is because of the ball isn't it if they want to play cricket that desperately, oh, surely yeah. they will abide by the rules, won't they? Yeah, but that that is the dream. I, mean, I want to see people get back playing cricket. But when it comes down to the ball and everything they've said about it, about people shining it and using their spit to shine the ball... Can they monitor that in club cricket? It's gonna be very hard for the guys at international cricket because it's a habit of a lifetime. You think you've been doing that since you've been how old age? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, playing cricket, and then suddenly Jimmy Anderson, age thirty-six, thirty-seven, can't do it anymore. It's gonna be very, very difficult. What they should say is okay, listen, it can't be cricket as we we normally have at clubs. Twenty twenty matches, that's all you can do. You have to turn up in your kit. you play the game and you go straight home. Simple as that. But the problem is they're opening up now the pubs, so they'll be saying, hang on a minute, we've got a clubhouse here so people can stop and drink after if they want. But yeah, all right, that's the case, but they've got to stay in the whites. You know what I mean? They've got to compromise somewhere along the line to try and get club cricket back, but it's going to be very, very difficult.
2: Back now to all screen, Jacobs and more from the weatherman, John Kettley. Oh no, sorry, I've done that link already. They are TalkSport's golf expert, or the golf father, the voice of golf, Bob Bubka, as I like to call him. And he was saying the return of elite golf could be in jeopardy. Not in the game show, actually, could be a problem.
7: It's literally hanging in the balance. And uh, I think the PGA Tour uh, realizes that if they pull the plug on PGA Tour events, uh, that's pretty much going to necessitate the of America for not playing the PGA Championship. Uh, And then the USGA and the US Open set for September. Uh, And then, you know, the one that may go ahead or may not, Uh, because they do things with their own rules, and that's the Masters uh, in November. But it's a very delicate balance. I mean, not a lot of uh, positive testing. Uh, Tour has tested over the last few weeks almost 3,000 individuals, and the total is seven. But the question is, you know, how many is too many? Does it matter Bob where these tournaments take place because I presume in parts of America the the virus is more you know more established in other parts more open parts perhaps it isn't I mean have they said anything about that or is, are they concerned about that I'm in Texas uh, as we speak and unfortunately we we're, we're now leading the nation over the last couple of weeks in in the number of uh, positive tests I'm petrified. I don't, I don't even go uh, to my garage. My, my newspapers are piling up on the lawn. If they get hit by lightning, I'm going to have a house fire. But it's, uh, <laughs> no. you know, you, you have to be careful. I mean, you know what the tour did, though, and I, and I think this is sheer genius? They have stipends uh, that they've created. If everybody follows, Every bit of protocol that the tour has issued, and they still get the virus, and they're forced to withdraw each player will receive a hundred thousand dollars if they do something like not social distancing or maybe going out to a restaurant uh, they would be disqualified Uh, meanwhile the caddies under the same obligations uh, they will get ten thousand dollars so it's tough it's just flat out tough And of course, last but by no means least, the other bit of the best bits of
2: my show. That's Andy, i Sports Bar Monday to Thursday from 10pm. No, Jason Cundy. of course, I was joined by Perry Groves.
5: I've had to actually go out of my house because uh, we've got a newborn and uh, my uh, wife is one of those rugby fans, unfortunately, I know about it. Anyway, so I've gone up to the top of Pendle Hill, which is over near Burnley Way. And so I've actually been tenting and been camping by myself up there since they played Everton just so I can actually be what I feel is top of the world, and with a little bottle of champagne, and I've been there, and I've been camping for quite a while now, and I've absolutely gone crazy tonight, and I had myself a little firework, which is yeah. so up, and it's a red firework, and guess what happened? Mountain Rescue turned up thinking it was a distress flare. No, so, no that, that, kidding. Me? that didn't happen. <laughs> It's gone a little bit mental as this, I've got forward to prove it, I'll put it onto Twitter and (laughs) and all that, but I have actually, uh, yeah, so it's it's been pretty crazy, but I've been shivering uh, my nibbles off for quite a while for this. I've never seen it before, man, I haven't, I mean, it's been 30 years, I'm 38, I can't remember, obviously, the last time we won the league, because obviously I wasn't that time, but... It's it's a place of mine that I used to go up there, and uh, I went for a walk, and it was the 2005 Champions League final, Sambo and I had it on radio, and I just happened to be going up that that hill, and I was absolutely in awe. And uh, talking about social distancing, mate, I mean, there's nobody in front of me whatsoever apart from Mountain Rescue, which we're about to leave now. But <laughs> did, what, you Ronnie, did you ask Ronnie? Did you ask
6: if any Mountain Rescue were, were Man United fans? Oh, I don't know about you that. You should have I asked him.
5: So I'm assuming that <laughs> Man City. We only don't get up for second, do you? Anyway, um, that's, I'm, that's amazing. I'm really happy about it. I'll be staying here for the rest of this evening. I'll be uh, listening to you guys and uh, I'll be uh, looking all the YouTube and things like that. But uh, wow, what a legend that Klopp is.
2: Well, that's it for another podcasty thing. A reminder, you can download previous episodes or future ones simply by going to ACAST, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And one last reminder before I go, it's a big weekend of FA Cup football. 11 live commentaries across the weekend. Includes all four of the FA Cup quarterfinals, six games in the Championship and Aston Villa against Wolves in the Premier League. I'll be back on Sunday night from 9pm. The first hour of my shift is a football phone-in. I'm alongside Gabby Agbonlahor. And then straight after that from 10, it's normal service in the Trans-Europe Express or, as I like to call it, the Andy Goldstein Trans-Europe Express. No one else knows that. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That
5: was a podcast from Talk Sport.